Welcome to Conversations with Claire. I'm your host, Claire Bates. I'm a movement, nutrition, and mindset coach through my app, Wellness with Claire. Podcast host, coach at The Collective in Austin, Texas, sober alcoholic, brand builder, and competitive hybrid athlete. I've created this podcast to share inspiring stories and have meaningful conversations in hopes that we can create community together to learn and grow. Oh, and I hope to make you laugh. (laughs) Welcome to Conversations with Claire. Let's talk about coaching and how to get from where you are now to where you want to be. Wellness with Claire is my very own coaching platform where I offer personalized meal plans, personalized workout plans based on your goals, accountability through community and weekly group coaching calls, mindset coaching and tracking features for results. I also offer one-on-one coaching, which gives you full app access, direct access to me via WhatsApp and 100% accountability with me including weekly video calls. Wellness is a mental, physical, and spiritual experience. The system works together as a whole, and I'm here to help you live in alignment with your principles and values and actualize a quality of life beyond your current dreams. Check the show notes or the links in bios on socials to find more information about how to get involved with Wellness with Claire today. And welcome to Conversations with Claire. Today's episode has a guest that I am so excited for the opportunity to introduce you guys to. If you don't already know him, if you've been paying attention to my social media recently, you've totally seen him, Eric Leha. So Eric is a coach at Onnit Gym. He is also known as Primal Soldier on Instagram (laughs) and all over the internet. Wait, 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 wait. I forgot. Say it again. Primal Soldier. (laughs) If you did not see this, he definitely just flexed on y'all. He owns an online business, an online fitness business, where he does video programs specializing in kettlebell and bodyweight training. Hello. Welcome. Thanks for having me on, Claire. I'm super stoked to talk to you. To do this thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. So how we met... I'll tell the story. Sometimes I like to challenge the guests to make them like on the spot tell it. But so he had just gotten back from Europe and I was like new to Austin, Texas. And I was training over on it. I was doing a video actually. They've been so gracious to me over there to just let me come in and do my thing. So I was making a video and he had just gotten back. And so he's like, this is my house. Like he's been a trainer there for like almost 10 years now. Right. And so he comes in. And sees this girl he's never seen there before. And I'm like doing this video and doing this like hard workout. And he's like, this is my house. Who is that? <laughs> so I was more inspired yeah, by your energy. You're yeah. crushing the, the videos you were doing. I was like, man, who's that? Yeah. About, I've been out for a couple months. So I was mm-hmm. like, man, things feel different around here. Yeah. And sure enough, there's a whole bunch of different people around crushing it. Yeah. I was it's, like, Inspired. I don't know what it was like before, but I know that every time I go over there, it just feels like family. It's popping off too. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, then he, apparently he reached out. We actually had to like discuss like who reached out to who, but about training together. So I came in and did a workout with him. And of course was just like, I just knew that I was going to come in and work out with him. And we were probably going to like, I think we were planning to film some stuff mm-hmm. and it was going to be more of like your style training, which is a lot more 
body weight, flowy, just things that I'm not necessarily like comfortable with and used to. And so I knew I was going to be challenged and I was like looking forward to it. And what I noticed immediately about Eric is like he belongs in the coach role because it was so fun for me as someone who's around coaches all the time in the fitness space these days. Like he's a decade into this thing and he loves to do it. Like he was so fired up about me learning new things and so like just patient with me and teaching me new movements and like it excited him to be a coach. So little did I know that then he would become one of my closest friends immediately here at Austin and we hang out all the time now. But yeah, so that's how we met. From there, just going to give you guys a little spoiler alert. That is that we're going to talk about Eric. And that means that we're going to talk about some things that Eric has actually not really publicly spoken about before. So stay tuned for what is to come later, but we're going to wind it back and start all the way at childhood. So childhood, Eric, we're going, we're going to all the way back. We're doing Let's it. Go. Yeah. <laughs> so people know you on the internet now as like this expert within the space of fitness, which you are, and you are an incredible athlete, but you were a person before all of that. And most people don't know much about you prior to all of that. Like you really haven't shared much of that that I'm aware of. So take me back. Like little kid Eric, what was he up to? Where did he live? What was he doing? <laughs> so I was born and raised in Austin, Texas. Apparently I'm one of the few that call us unicorns around here. But honestly, <laughs> yes. I still hang out with a bunch of people that I know that are from Austin. So for me, it's not a weird thing. But there's definitely been a crazy influx of a bunch of new people, which has been cool. Yeah. So I'm excited to meet all these new people showing up here. But growing up here was uh, it's awesome. Been able to see all the changes and fortunate enough to still be here, taking advantage of all the awesome opportunities. But I grew up, in, my family's Mexican. I'm a first generation American, Texan. Both my mother and my father are from Mexico. My brother is Mexican as well. My sister was born here. So we're the only like real Americans in our family. So I have an older sister, she's the middle child, and an older brother, Juan. They're both, my sister's about six years older than me, my brother is about eight. So I was like the, the, baby. the little baby, yeah. <laughs> you know? So I got to watch them baby grow brother. up. I, I saw them make a lot of mistakes, and so I learned a lot from them. I was, fortunately, my family was well off, I guess. We had a roof over our heads. My dad had a, a good business going, trucking business. So my family came over here illegally back in the day. Mm -hmm. They're all good now. They're not mm -hmm. illegal anymore. But my dad crossed the, the border and was able to bring all of his family. I mean, everybody in my family looks up to him as like a savior because he brought almost all of his cousins. We have a huge family. I have like six uncles. He has like seven sisters. And he brought everybody over one by one and they gave them all the job. Taught them all how to drive trucks, carry loads. And so he was able to create a pretty thriving business in the trucking yeah. industry. So he supported us, gave us everything we ever wanted and needed. You know, I was pretty spoiled growing up. Not a whole lot to complain about growing up, yeah. except for, you know, I was a spoiled child and super fat growing up. <laughs> <laughs> you were overweight? <laughs> uh, yeah, growing up, like I remember when I was like, 10 to like 12 years old, uh -huh. that awkward stage, you sure. know, in like middle school, going sure. into high school, my brother and sister would make fun of me all the time. Like, Eric, you're so fat. You're so ugly. You're never going to have a girlfriend. 
keep in mind we're in middle school and I'm starting to like, oh, I want a girlfriend. Yeah. You know, <laughs> hormones yeah. are starting to pump. <laughs> and so I'm like, man, this sucks. I don't want to be fat and ugly. And I was playing video games at the time, eating fast food. Like my mom spoiled me. So she would bring me like fast food Whatever every night. I'd call her over the phone. Can you bring me some Jack in the Box? Yeah. Extra large curly fries, please. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was eating those extra large curly fries too. <laughs> so I ate good. fried chicken until I was 18 every day. Yeah, so growing up, I was a chubby kid and I was made fun of by my brother and sister. At school, they didn't make fun of me. Nobody cared, yeah. but I still took it to heart. And I was like, you know what? Because my brother worked out all the time. My dad was in shape too. They all like to lift weights. Mm -hmm. So I was like, mom, can you please get me into the gym? You had to be like 12 years old or 13 to go to the Gold's Gym, the local one here. Okay. And I was like, let's just tell him I'm 13. And it wasn't even that big of a deal, but we went and we lied and they let me in. <laughs> so I started working out when I was 12, got ready for like middle school football. <laughs> you rebel. <laughs> uh, but I got like in really good shape. I ran all summer before seventh grade. So I lost a bunch of weight and I ended up moving to a new school and I showed up. I was... The guy that they called Roids. They used to call me Roids in middle school. Really? Because I looked like I was on steroids to them. So know? that was a quick transition. Though. Yeah, like I got, you got in and got after it and went from being this. Yeah, I guess. Bullied by your siblings, at least for your like, yeah. you were overweight. And then you were able to like yeah, so. have resources quickly and, mm -hmm. and get stuff done. Yeah, I remember that. reading the Encyclopedia of Modern Bodybuilding by Arnold Schwarzenegger. That was like my intro into how to lift, how to work out, just a bunch of bodybuilder workouts. I'm sure every young man out there, at least like in my generation, read that book at some point. Yeah. Or watched Pumping Iron. Yeah. Yeah, dude. So So that's where you learned how to work out. Yeah. Cool. Doing you know basic bodybuilding routines. So I got really swole, really fast. I was drinking protein shakes, eating chicken, broccoli, and rice, peanut butter with oatmeal. I was going hard, like yeah. the whole nine, at least what was recommended back in the day. Yeah. And yeah, so I felt good. I felt like I was in really good shape. Played football for a couple years in middle school and then going into high school. I remember that summer, I really got into UFC fighting and MMA and jujitsu because like my brother was friends with a couple fighters and I was like, man, these guys are so cool. Like modern day warriors, you know, like, and I was buff, but I still wasn't able to get a girlfriend. I went from being <laughs> chubby and fat and ugly to being the guy that everybody thought was on steroids. Kiddingly, you know, it was basically a compliment in my eyes. And to still not being sociable whatsoever, it's like lifting weights doesn't make you more sociable. <laughs> it doesn't make you any more attractive, at least not, you know. <laughs> Wait, so do you think where you said not sociable? So do you feel like were you kind of reclusive? Yeah, like, I was very reclusive because okay. I grew up playing video games and just keeping to myself. Yeah. Yeah, and so... After I started working out, I was like, man, I'm still, and now it's I'm, so I still haven't got the girl, <laughs> you know, what this else sucks. Do I have to do? <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. still I'm making friends. I'm still hanging out with all the geeks <laughs> who are my friends. Yeah. You know, I love them. They were yeah. dorks. We all like watch silly movies, Lord of the Rings, you know, all the new games that were coming out. So I was happy, but I was also looking outside and seeing, I felt like I was missing out on. People were like having girlfriends, going to dances. and you know, mm -hmm. I was scared to approach girls, even though I was, I guess I was good looking and muscular. So I was like, you know what? The next step that's really going to make me attractive to people is going to be, I want to be a, a UFC fighter. 
Like, I'm going to start training in MMA so people can respect me. And how old were you? I was like 13, 14. Okay. Yeah, like right before going into uh, freshman year of high school. Mm -hmm. So I got into boxing classes, jujitsu, did that all summer. And then I did it throughout school, like not very like consistently, Mm -hmm. but I would go as often as I could. And I got pretty good at it, you know, and I kept doing it as much as I could. But my focus quickly shifted from trying to be a fighter when I was in high school to focusing on getting really good grades. And so that actually, you know, I got into like a AP studio art class. And you know, I always loved drawing. And I remember like art growing up. Yeah. And uh, I remember in elementary school, I would draw on index cards, like little zombie comic books for my best friend, Luis. And I would pass them to him during class. Yeah. And he would just like read my little stories. And that really was filling for me. And so it was cool to finally be able to do art again in high school. And plus, it was going to help me boost my GPA up, which was really bad because in freshman year, I was all about, all right, this is the year that I need to get a girlfriend. And I was like not paying attention at all to what was going down in school. And I got terrible grades, almost Mm -hmm. flunked out. I didn't realize we were being ranked, that there was a GPA system. (laughs) And so I was like, oh, man, like, no, I'm not stupid. And you're so competitive. Yeah. Yeah. So I ended up going from 450th in my class out of like 500 people. I busted my ass off, didn't hang out with anybody, didn't go into any parties, didn't have a sip of beer. I remember my AP studio art class would go for three hours because I would go in during lunch, hang out with all of my little art nerds. We would just hang out, do art, read books to each other. Yeah. And it would go on for a two period blocked class. So I was basically doing art for three hours a day for like the last three years of my high school career. And that was awesome. That's cool. Super filling. Yeah. And very fulfilling. And yeah, just focused really hard on getting really good grades. Ended up actually graduating top 10%. Got into UT, which is like one of the cool schools here in Austin. Sure. The Longhorns. Hook them. Yeah. <laughs> Horns down, baby. <laughs> <laughs> got a rivalry going, y'all. <laughs> So yeah, my family was super stoked for me for getting into college, you know, getting into a good school. And I was happy as well until I got to school. Mm -hmm. You know, I started going to college and it wasn't at all what I was expecting. I wasn't invited to any parties. I didn't know how to make friends. Not once did I learn how to make friends. Were you still doing the MMA thing at this point? Or I mean, so you were still training? Yeah, I was was training consistently every summer and training in and out. So fighting was still very much a part of your identity at that time. Okay. Big. Okay. I loved it. I still wanted to, I, well, I didn't want to be that anymore. I thought, okay, I got into a good school. I should focus on getting a good, building a good career. So what did you go to school for? I hadn't figured it out yet. Okay. But I was thinking maybe I'll be an engineer. You know, I want to build stuff. I wasn't sure yet. Yeah. I still don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's all right. You ain't got to. <laughs> you made it this far. We're doing just fine. <laughs> yeah. So I went to school for about a semester before I was like, this sucks. Uh, I remember I started listening to friends of mine who were really into like smoking weed and like doing recreational drugs like that mm-hmm. or like the Joe Rogan podcast talking about psychedelics all the time. And I was like, man, cause I had been sober like my whole life. My dad was an alcoholic growing up. So I would always see him fighting with my mom, drinking all the time, coming home drunk. And she would always be like, please do not be like your dad. Yeah. Do not drink. So anytime I got invited to a party, not only did I like 
didn't want to do it because I was shy and I wanted to focus on my grades. But I was also like, I don't want to drink. From my experience, that this is not a good. Right. You, you know? had it modeled at a young age and mm -hmm. you saw the repercussions of it and it yep. made it disinteresting. Exactly. Until it wasn't. Yeah. Until yeah. I was like, maybe this is the tools that I need to make friends and like go out and meet people. Yeah. So. I mean, yeah, it's like a, I certainly, it was a social lubricant is what I like to call it. You know, yeah. I, I used to call myself a social lubricant whenever <laughs> I would drink. I would be like, you know, I'm the cultivator of the party. You still are. Yeah. In sobriety, I've discovered mm -hmm. I'm actually way more fun. But in early sobriety, I didn't know that. And I thought that I needed substances in order to be fun. And it took me a little while to realize I'm a freaking riot without, but I didn't know that originally. <laughs> anyway, but... <laughs> Okay, so you start to dabble in taking, you're not so focused on fighting, you're not so focused on school art, all of a sudden now you're starting to focus on social endeavors that include yeah. substances. And, and so I started dabbling and I just lost focus and my grades started being really bad and I kind of freaked out. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, like this sucks. I can't make any friends. I'm getting high all the time. Mm -hmm. Like this isn't working. Like. I need to do something else. Like, this is not for me. And so just like being irrational, I decided to leave after my first semester, like in the winter time. Like I hadn't even made it the full semester. That's okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <You know>? yeah. <laughs> I was saying earlier that my brother was friends. I don't know if I said it on this podcast. Yeah. Before. I don't think so. Well, my brother. Oh no. Yeah. I got into MMA mm -hmm. because a lot of my brother's friends were in Fighters. fighting. Yeah. And so one of them was actually in the UFC, which at the time it was still is one of the biggest organizations in the world. His name was Roger Huerta. And he was one of the first UFC fighters to be on the cover of sports illustrated. Oh, that's yeah, cool. And it was awesome. Cause he was a, a Mexican or Latino. Yeah. Oh, Mexican. And he has a crazy story. I wish we could interview him one day, Yeah. but okay. I really looked up to him and he was like one of my role models. And the fact that he was my brother's friend was awesome. Like in the Latino community, especially the Mexican community, fighting is like top tier sport. I mean, along with soccer, you had so many Mexican champions and like UFC was like the next big thing in mm -hmm. combat sports. So I was like, man, like Roger's killing it. He's Mexican. I'm Mexican. I want to be like him. So that's why I really got into MMA was like, I really wanted to try to make an impact in my community and make my cousins proud. Like growing up, I used to fight like all the time. My brothers and my cousins, my older cousins, I remember uh -huh. every Christmas, they would take us to the backyard <laughs> and make us fight each other. Yeah. <laughs> like gouging each other, beating the crap out of each other. So it was always like going into every Christmas. I was like, all right, man, I'm going to have to fuck up Hugo. <laughs> I cannot let him beat me this year. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like kind of traumatic. But also fucking fun, you know, yeah. like it built character for sure. Yeah, so my family was super into combat sports. So that's one of the reasons I really wanted to do MMA fighting. So fast forward back to I'm dropping out of college. I'm like, you know what? I can't do this school thing. I'm going to hit up Roger. Or Roger came into town while this was going on. He's like, hey, man, are you okay? Your brother's telling me you've been struggling in school. I'm like, yeah, man, I don't think I could do this anymore. He said, well, why don't you come with me to Minnesota? And come train with me. At the time, Minnesota had one of the biggest like training academies with some of the best fighters. Like in Minnesota, they have like some of the top wrestlers up there in the mm -hmm. in the Midwest. And so I was like, yeah, because Roger was a great wrestler. He's like collegiate level wrestler. He's like, come train with me and uh, see if you're you're into it. And so I went up there with him, 
dropped out of school, was up there for like six weeks training with some of like my UFC heroes at the time. Yeah. It was like surreal. Right. You know, it was like I was in a dream. Like, oh man, I get to train with some of the top fighters that are currently fighting. And I got to like really go at it with them. I wasn't just like observing, being a novice. I went in there and like I was going toe to toe with some of the real fighters that were killing it in the day. And I was like, whoa, like I can probably do this, mm -hmm. you know? And Roger, I remember for the first few weeks I was getting mopped up. Like everybody was beating me up and Roger pulled me to the side one day and was like, hey man, you have to stop letting them fuck you up. You have to like push back. Yeah. And so I started doing that and like, I realized like, man, this is fucking awesome. Like I'm going toe to toe with these guys and I'm not being a fucking little punk finally like this is something that i'm good at i mean i've been good at a lot of things but for me it was like a more primal thing that really got me going so and so at the time roger was training for a ufc fight or a fight he wasn't in the ufc anymore he was at doing like a local show in texas okay so we were stoked for him to do that and so i was training with him for this fight so after minnesota after a few weeks or six weeks we went back down to texas to watch him fight and we we're all stoked. And he was like my role model. It was in Texas. So all the homies were there. My brother, all of our friends, basically everybody that I hang out with now, they were there that night. And that's where I met them for the first time at that fight. Okay. All my best friends that are still currently my best friends, yeah. my business partner, Yep. everybody. Yep. They were there at that fight. That was like a pivotal moment in my life. Yeah. Not just because I got to meet them, but Roger lost that fight. He got beat up. And then he just fucking took off to Thailand and never talked to anybody ever again. For like a long time, he mm -hmm. like just fell off the map. And so I like lost my role model, you know? Yeah. And I was like really looking, like I was pumped up to do this MMA thing. And when he left or when he lost, I was like, man, maybe this isn't what I want to do. Right. You know? Right. Especially you saw how it impacted him. Yeah. And like it's such a mental struggle and yeah. it's, it's ups and downs. He goes from being on the cover of Sports Illustrated to... Not being in the UFC anymore to running away. You know, that's what it felt like to me. Sure. Because we yeah. didn't talk to him for years. And you were, what, 19 at this point? Yeah. Yeah. And so that kind of twisted me up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and so I went back home to my hometown, back to Austin. I didn't know what to do. I dropped out of school. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, sure. I could have probably tried to apply to go back in, you know, just talk to my counselor. But I was like, that's, no, that's not what I want either. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I need to. I need to just start working or something, you know, sure. and all those friends that I met at the fight, one of them was Aubrey, Aubrey Marcus, the mm -hmm. CEO of On It. actually trained together. He was really good friends with Roger as well. He obviously super into UFC. I remember I trained with him for the first time in his garage. He had this badass home gym set up in his garage. We used to call it El Garaje. <laughs> That's like basically where... The on it gym started. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I actually got to train with him when I was like 15. And I'll never let him forget. He'll never let me forget, Aubrey, that he beat me up. I'm like, dude, I was like 15. <laughs> <laughs> but he got you. Yeah. I tell, tell him, run it back. Run it back. <laughs> yeah, let's run it back. Where you at, Aubrey? <laughs> He's running now. He busted my nose, man. He beat me up. He's huge. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, so I finally got to really connect with Aubrey after that weekend. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the people that were at that fight were employees of Onnit. Onnit mm -hmm. was just like a new growing yeah. company. We actually had Onnit had a booth there at the event. Aubrey and Onnit were already partnered up with Joe Rogan. And when I was in Minnesota, Joe Rogan was like my idol. Sure. I was listening to that podcast all day, yeah. smoking weed, getting high. 
because that's what helped you when you're in the cold up there. It was freezing. I mean, keep in mind, it was Minnesota yeah, in the winter. Cold. It was snowing. We had to shovel snow every morning yeah. and run in the snow. Like, it was brutal. Yeah. So getting high, smoking weed kept you warm and take the like the pain away from all the hard training. Mm-hmm. So Joe Rogan was also just as therapeutic listening to talk about aliens and all these conspiracies. Yeah. And so... He was actually on it was one of his main sponsors at the time. And so when I got back, I realized like, man, Aubrey, like, I would love to like work for you guys. You know, I need a job. I dropped out of school. I don't know if I'm going to do this fighting thing. And if I am, I'm going to need like cash flow to be able to pay rent so I can try, try to train. And then Aubrey, he's always been super supportive, especially of athletes and people who want to make it and like be a fighter he loves fighting he loves all sports mm-hmm. but he's especially fighting at least back in the day and so he he was like yeah man there's always you know room for you in the on it warehouse and i was like i'll take it yeah i'll work there <laughs> yeah you know my only other work experience growing up was working for my aunt doing like medical billing mm-hmm. having to work with like insurance companies like straight out of high school i was like 19 years old seeing how the medical system works how fucked up it is yeah and you're like I was like, I don't want to do this. Yeah, yeah. you did this not sucks. enjoy that. Yeah. I did not enjoy yeah, that. Fair enough. And so like, I'll go work in the Onnit warehouse because this community of people, they love MMA fighting. They like to dabble in psychedelic drugs like shrooms and weed. And they're all super positive vibes. They're open-minded. Yeah. Like, and they have, like to have a good time. Yeah, so they were your new role models. Yeah, they were my new role models, my community, you yeah. know? And it was a lot of the friends that came to that fight. Yep. And they were all, we're all homies. We're all from Texas. Yep. They were from South Texas, which is even more gangster, you know? Okay. Like, okay. You're, you're right there, right across the border. Right. There's cartels. Yeah. Like these people, these friends were like tough people. I've seen some stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, I looked up to them not only because, you know, they worked for On It, and yeah. obviously Aubrey hired them because he has saw faith in them, in saw something well. in them. But yeah. they were also tough people. Yeah. Yeah. And they would talk shit all the time. So it was like, a great experience working in that warehouse. Yeah. And, you know, I always like working out, staying in shape. So the whole time I was in the warehouse, for me, it was like a workout. Yeah. I may try to do the most difficult things. I would stack up the pallets with all the heaviest kettlebells and we would play games like, Eric, can you lift all these weights all the way to the door? And I- <laughs> This is literally still you today, except for these days it's humans. He keeps lifting humans. Yeah, so I spent a couple years working in the warehouse, showing up hungover because we'd like to party really hard on the weekends, but we still got the work done, you know, shipping off off of brain bottles, taping up boxes, shipping off the mail to the customers. It was like the wild, wild west starting out, but it was fun and we got it done and I'm super grateful that. I took that opportunity because eventually we expanded from just selling kettlebells to selling like steel clubs, steel maces and battle ropes, a ton of a whole line of unconventional equipment, which I don't know if it's still unconventional now, but it's definitely was unconventional then. Right. And Aubrey's thought was like, how are we going to sell these? We've got to teach people how to use these. We've got to teach people how to use these. Yeah. So we should open a gym. And the second thought to that was... My brother was still really close friends with him, and we had a co- small company gym at the Onnit uh, facility, or the Onnit headquarters. We had a small company gym where employees were allowed to use, but Aubrey was like, hey, why don't you start training your clients out of here? We need to like have some motivation in here. Let's get some more people in here, you know? 
And so my brother started bringing all his clients in. It really increased the vibe. Mm -hmm. So then Aubrey was like, man, this is awesome. We need a space. Like the space next door was like an office depot warehouse. They were renting it out. He said, hey, man, let's, let's open a gym next door. Let's teach people how to use the equipment. And we'll have a place to shoot content for our marketing material for all of our supplements. And so he's like, Eric, obviously he hired my brother. He's like, Juan, you're going to be the, one of the first coaches you've been here since. There wasn't even a gym. Right, right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so and he asked me, our buddy Sean, also a best friend of my brother's, who was also working in the warehouse with me. He's like, you guys should be, our, be our some of trainers. our first trainers. Yeah. Since you guys are in shape, you guys love MMA. Currently, we sponsor a bunch of MMA athletes. Uh, you guys will connect really well with them. So get your certification. So Aubrey set up a personal certification for myself, my brother, his fiance at the time, Whitney Miller, and himself. So it was us five. He flew in Ken Blackburn and his son, this championship, this guy, Mitch Blackburn. Okay. He was like 19 at the time. And he had like the record for the most long cycle with the 32 kilos, I believe. Okay. It's like as many reps as you can, how many clean and jerks you can do in 10 minutes. Okay. He had like the record. I forgot what the number was, but he was super young, skinny as hell, tall, but he, had, so he was strong. a machine. Yeah. He was super yeah. strong. And they both came and taught us a private certification. And so we had to do the test and the test out was like as many cleaning jerks you can do at least, I think a hundred within a certain time limit. Okay. And you can only switch hands one time. Oh, okay. Yeah. With a okay. 32 kilo. Okay. Yeah. It was brutal. Yeah. That's I might heavy. be uh, boosting up those numbers because I don't really remember, but it was something. <laughs> but it was really It gnarly. was really hard. Yeah. yeah. And it was awesome getting to train from these guys in a private workshop and so that was my first experience with, we learned how to do the kettlebell swing and the snatch. And yeah, I think we did a get up as well. The basic movements that they used in kettlebell sport. So no, it wasn't get up. It was the swing, snatch, and the clean. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so that was my first experience with an actual certification, but I loved it, especially with that challenge at the end, you know, having to test out. So how old were you? I was 21 at the time. So you got that certification and then that was a ride around the time. When did you create this brand that you are now known as, as Primal Soldier? Like when did that come into play? A couple years after the Onnit Gym opened. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it you're probably like 23, 24 when that? 2016 probably. That's six years six ago? Six years ago. Yeah. 2013. Okay. Yeah. When we launched the Primal Kettlebells like okay. a year after that. Okay. So on so, it, on it was super into like primal. Yeah. Because like, like right, Joe Rogan was, was like all about taking it back, primal, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so we came out with like these monkey t shirts yep. and uh, primal gorilla kettlebells. And Which so, are so cool. Yeah. They're still so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're dope. They look we still, great. we come out with different colors all the time. Yeah. They're awesome. Yeah. And so, yeah, the reason I ended up doing social media and starting my own business was luckily. Well, at the time, you know, I was coaching. I was already like one or two years into coaching. We're super focused. Like, I feel like every weekend we had a badass certification, like the top coaches in the industry. We were bringing them in to host the events mm -hmm. and support these coaches because not only did Aubrey hire myself, my brother, and Sean, he hired some of the top two guys in uh, the industry at the time in the unconventional training industry. Uh -huh. And one of the top marketers, this guy, Mark DeGrasse, he had a company a magazine called my mad methods okay which was all about unconventional training so he's like i'm gonna hire that guy because yeah. he knows all the people in the unconventional training industry so he hired him he developed our whole 
certification along with the help of John Wolf and Shane Hines, who to this day are my mentors Yeah, because we hired them or Aubrey hired them through Mark DeGrasse because he had worked with them on his magazine, really trusted them. And sure enough, man, they're geniuses. Like the way they approach training, like radical for me. And yeah. so then they hired or they flew in all the top coaches and people that they respected in the industry. So I felt like for the first two years of my training career, I was not only like learning like how to train clients. I was training a lot of family members. Slowly the gym was growing. It was mostly a lot of friends at first. It was word of mouth. So I got experience training, but also got a ton of experience taking courses, certifications with the top coaches in the industry. So I'm super grateful for all of that because I learned a lot really fast. Yeah. And, you know, looking back, I remember being super ungrateful, like, man, we really got to show up to this certification, especially sure. we still like to party. So sometimes we show up super hungover and like just powering through. We still learned a lot. Yeah. Well, I think one of the things I've thought about immediately, like after meeting you and getting to know you is I just thought like you've had this platform that has grown, you know, and is now a, it's large and it's been large for years now yeah. and you're 29 right now. Mm -hmm. And so I just think about all of the years of your young adulthood, your early 20s, your mid 20s. And so you've had to like grow up. I didn't want to do it either. So after those first couple of years of training, I was happy just training my clients, mm -hmm. you know, like I was doing well, well enough. And then they're like, no, nah, man, we need you to step it up. All of you guys, you guys need to get on social media, get sure. on Instagram, sure. Facebook and like post and like promote yourself. Yeah. You know, so that we can bring more people into the gym. And so they're like, you need to do Instagram. And I'm like, man, I hate social media. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be one of those dudes taking selfies. Like, that is so dumb. Like, Which is so crazy. <laughs> so superficial. You did it for a brand because the brand that you worked with wanted you to do it. Yeah. But by now, <laughs> and so you had some years where you didn't have the best relationship with it. Now, but I will say well, it, the way like, that. Well, you need to come up with a better Instagram name. It was just like Eric something 19. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. And then I was like, man, I don't want to do this. What's the dumbest thing that I can think of? The stupidest name. <laughs> and that's. <laughs> yeah. I was like, all right, it's got to be like something that has to do with the company. Right. You primal. Know, like people know. Primal. You know, that's like sure. our thing right now. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, and what's tough that people respect, but also me? Like, man, like law enforcement, soldiers, like I respect those people. Like I look up to that. That's tough. So like a soldier. And then I was like, oh, that kind of swole. Like I, I want to get swole, you know? <laughs> yeah. Let's put that together with swolger. And I was oh like, my I'm a swolger. I thought I was a genius. Yeah. I remember running into the marketing department, the audit marketing team. And I was like, hey guys, what do y'all think about this? It was, they used to call it the cave. Okay. It was like this really dark room with Star Wars art all over the ceiling, uh -huh. all these crazy, it was dope. Yeah. And I really liked those guys, so I was really trying to impress them. I ran in, and I'm like, what do you guys think about this? They're like, what? Primal Soldier. <laughs> <laughs> and they all started cracking up. So I was like, all right, that's the one. That's the one, yeah. <laughs> You're actually really creative. What I was going to say there is just that now today, you do create a ton of content online, and you seem to have a good relationship with it today. So when you started, when they asked you to do it, you were not a fan. You didn't want to do it. By now, it seems like you enjoy the creation process. And is that like a form of art for you today? Yeah. Because one thing I have already also noticed is that, yeah, there's a ton of video content of you out there, 
in front of the lens, but you actually, like I've observed, you actually do a lot behind the lens too, and you're really good at it. So there's like this creativity piece to it yeah. as well that like, I don't know that people, yeah, I certainly wouldn't have known all of that about you, but that you do have this like super artistic side. And so social media seems to be a place where you can really express that as well as programming for your app and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah that's something I constantly think about because I go in and out of phases of where I'm working really hard, creating content and you really have to grind and post on social media. Like social media is a constantly changing game. Sure. But for me, the thing that's always brought success is posting consistently mm -hmm. and often. Mm -hmm. And when I do that, I really get into work mode and I don't really have time for a lot of other things. Like mm -hmm. I love playing video games, reading comic books, watching movies, drawing, painting. I used to do art in high school. Like that was super fulfilling. So when I do make time for that, it's so rewarding. And so like, I love creating and reading sci-fi. Like I love escaping reality, you know, and creating art that is related to some of my favorite comic books, characters. This helps me. It's kind of a form of escapism for mm -hmm. me. So when I don't have time for that, when I'm in grind mode trying to create content, I realize like, you know what, this is actually a form of creativity. For sure. And I really find myself really enjoying to edit my videos, finding music that matches. Yeah. That, that gets me hype. And sometimes it doesn't get other people hype. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Good. It's like any artist, yeah. right? Yeah. You create what's in your, your soul. And if people don't like it, I don't really care. Yeah. You know, I'm going to keep doing what I want to do. My business partner thinks otherwise. <laughs> you know, <laughs> He's like, no, you need to use this trending audio. Yeah. I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't want to do that. That's but maybe I'll start. I need to mix it up. Yeah. <laughs> you want to use trending audios, I'm your girl. <laughs> you got something to teach me when it comes to that. Uh, I think they're fun. <laughs> but I, that's the thing is I think they're fun. They are fun. So, okay. So we have to pivot and we have to go the direction of the things that I quickly said that we were going to talk about earlier. There are some things that you haven't spoken about that we talked before this and you do want to bring some things up because people have seen for so many years, all of this, you have this image online of this like stud athlete because you are, and you built that and you work hard for that. And your lifestyle is very conducive to that. Like you train very hard, very consistently that allows you to be this athlete. Right. But there have been phases of life that haven't always been sunshine and rainbows for you in your adult life while navigating this. And one of the things that you opened up to me about, because I was just being me and just rambling about my journey. And you said that you did want to kind of address here is one of them is some eating disordered history. Mm -hmm. And so at some point in your adult life, you've struggled with your relationship with food. Mm -hmm. And so can you kind of walk me through a little bit of like, what was that? What did that look like? Yeah. So, you know, I know I'm not alone in this. You know, it's like a bit a topic, eating disorders and like body image issues. Like it's something that really is only socially acceptable in like for women to talk about. And I think it's getting more and more normal nowadays. People are opening up about men dealing with the same issues, especially with like all this gym culture, all the stuff you see on social media is having a really negative impact to the way people see themselves. So it's good to talk about this stuff. And so I think I'm ready to open up about this because I struggled with eating disorders growing up. Not like when I was a kid, but like, when I graduated from high school. So at the time, when I went to school, when I got into UT, family was happy. I was so grateful to get in. I tried, worked all those years to get those good grades back up. Yeah. You know, and yeah. 
okay, I accomplished this, ready to go. And then the social, like that summer, I couldn't, I didn't know how to party. I didn't know who to hang out with, didn't make any friends. And so I started smoking weed and drinking alcohol, which I had never done. Also, at the same time, it's like around 2018, during like the recession. I was talking about earlier how my father had this thriving business. The whole family was employed, you know, driving trucks. Well, during the recession, they lost everything. The house that we lived in got foreclosed on. My dad lost his job. My mother was trying to support us. So we, I ended up having to move into my cousin's house. The summer before my first year of college, I was living, I was sleeping on the couch, living with my cousins. And I'm super grateful that they were there for me and for, you know, for our family. Split up. My dad had some land that thankfully he still has to this day. They didn't take that away, but he was able to stay there and with my mother in a trailer. So there wasn't any other space for us, no trailer. So we went to go stay with my cousin. Before that happened, before we decided to finally, like, before the house finally got foreclosed on, it was the summer before I was going to school. So that whole summer, we're just like, okay, you know, we're going to have to move out soon. So that's when I picked up drinking and doing, smoking weed. And I remember I started binge eating. Like, I would get super drunk, drive to the corner store with my, my brother-in-law and buy a bunch of nasty, like, cookies and, like, chips and then I would find some alcohol that was hidden in the pantry, vodka, and just like get drunk by myself late at night while there was nobody home or mm -hmm. people were asleep. Mm -hmm. And I would go into the garage and get high because I was taught that, oh, if you get high, this food's going to taste so much better. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, well, I want to feel pleasure. I want to eat some cookies. Like, especially like all throughout high school, I was super strict with my diet. I was super focused on trying to be an MMA fighter, right. being in ridiculously good shape. I remember eating oatmeal every day for lunch. And I got the whole art class in love with eating oatmeal. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I have an allergy to oatmeal <laughs> nowadays. I'm not even surprised that you got the whole art class. I'm pretty sure you could literally like, I don't know, sell dirt to the ground. <laughs> it's a beautiful tray. It's, that's a, I mean that as a compliment for sure. Yeah, man. So. Yeah, I started binge eating, getting high, and purging. Like, I would throw up, you know, because my stomach would hurt so bad, and I didn't want to get fat. I was like, oh, I'm eating all this food. It tastes so good. And then if I drink now after I – so I would smoke weed, get high, eat a bunch of food. Then I would drink alcohol to make me sick. Then I would throw up. Right. It was a vicious cycle, and it kept going, honestly, even while I was in school. Yeah. Like, I was stressed. I was – I hated going to class couldn't make any friends and even when I went to Minnesota like I still had to be a certain size too if I wanted to compete eventually mm -hmm. so I was like I gotta stay in shape and man being in another state for the first time like is so stressful sure yeah and you were young yeah so I mean of course all of that one thank you like thank you for being willing to say that publicly because what that's going to do for a lot of people is impactful because you're right. You know, we're working diligently, I feel, on destigmatizing so many things that make people feel so much shame. And between substance use being one of them, there's just so many things. Mental health, of course, relationship with food is such a big one. And while I would agree that it's more socially acceptable at this time for women to speak about it, it is still such a struggle point 
for men. And the reality is that a lot of men feel a lot of pressure and as a result, utilize food as a coping mechanism mm -hmm. and other things, but certainly food and other substances. Yeah. So for you to say, I had no idea, because at that time, what it sounds like to me is what it sounds like for so many is I'm trying to cope with life. This is pretty overwhelming. I'm young. I have no idea how to deal with this. So I'm just going to do whatever I can do to not feel stuff. So if that means that I'm consuming all these carbohydrates and whatever super rapidly so that I'm like getting all this like positive feeling and then I'm purging it and I'm just, I'm literally freaking out, but I have no idea what to do. And it's like this weird, like I'm just trying to control what I can. I mean, we don't yet have the coping mechanisms to deal with life sometimes that are all just healthy and great. And sometimes even still we fall back on them. I certainly love to make points that like I still within the past year have had moments where I have binge ate because that is something that I started doing 12 years ago. So the idea that even though it's so infrequent today, but every now and again, I no longer can have alcohol because I'm an alcoholic. And so then like, there's just all these like coping mechanisms that are unhealthy that I've taken out of my life. And so sometimes I get overwhelmed, stressed, whatever, and I will still go eat too much or whatever, just because I'm just trying to like, you know, I'm just kind of freaking out. But I have the like, beautiful acceptance today. One, I just don't keep certain food items in the household and that helps just trying to create like an environment, having a community mm -hmm. that supports me doing all that. Like there's so many things I know to call somebody, I know to go on a walk, I know to do certain things that help me do that so much more rarely now. But I just like want to give space to the fact that perfection isn't real. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, that's just a, we're kind of diving down my tangent that I love to go on. But I thank you for telling the world that that's something that you, that they view as this like pinnacle of health, which you do have a great healthy life that like there have been moments in your life where you weren't thriving and they've taught you certain things. And now you're comfortable enough to share that and yeah. say, it's okay if you're human too. I'm also human. I'm this person that you view as this thing, but I want you to know that you can actually relate to me. Thank you for giving that gift to people. So and yeah, I just want to I just know I'm not alone. Yeah. Especially like hearing all the stories of like friends I grew up with who would wrestle and who were pressured to stay underweight, mm -hmm. the way they would cut weight for their wrestling matches. So unhealthy. Mm -hmm. Doing the same thing. They would binge and purge and then they would do their fight and then they would binge the next night again and drink to celebrate. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just a very unhealthy, vicious cycle. A lot of them are overweight now. Yeah. You know, they went from being super lean and active in high school to just going back to old habits and not being active anymore and gaining a bunch of weight, getting diabetes. You know, it's like, it's crazy. Yeah. And I'm thankful that I realized that I was in a vicious cycle yeah. and it wasn't serving me. It was actually, it was breaking me down. Like, yeah, I wasn't gaining weight, but I wasn't gaining muscle. I wasn't feeling good. No. I wasn't performing well in the gym. I was getting injuries because I was lacking in nutrients. My gut health was messed up yeah. from all the stomach acid. Pretty sure my teeth got fucked up too from throwing up so much all the time. So many negative aspects to it. I was like, I got to stop doing this. I went through a really bad stage in that first year out of college. But then when I started working on it, I was able to like find a community that helped me stabilize a little bit and stop yeah. doing that. But it would happen every now and then where I would go party and then go eat a fucking shitload of pizza and then my experience okay i gotta get rid of this it's gonna right. affect me well, physically because you had all this pressure to be this image you know like there was yeah. an expectation on you 
to be this person that's this fitness whatever, yeah. you know? And I can just imagine that was really heavy. Yeah, but the thing is, is like, I need to accept that I need to be more authentic. Can't always be perfect. Can't always be 2% body fat. Right. And I tried doing that for a long time and I didn't show people process. And I'm still kind of struggle with that. Sure. Because from my experience, sexy sells, but so does connecting with people and sharing your journey as it really is, you know, not creating this unrealistic image of honestly can be unattainable for a lot of people. So I'm trying to bridge that gap. Yeah. Try to change the way people see me so that they can see that like it's not all roses and butterflies. Yeah. It's hard for all of us. We're all dealing with our own struggles. It's okay. Just got to surround yourself with good people that support you and don't be afraid to ask for help, whether it's mental struggles, physical, if you have a difficult time doing a kettlebell swing, ask for help. If you have a difficult time mentally in a relationship, you need help, ask for help. Don't just hold it all in or try to figure it out yourself or try to Google it. You need that human connection. You need a therapist. Like that's totally cool. Okay to do that. So I'm, I'm happy. I'm a lot more stable now, but I still struggle to this day. I still have my ups and downs, even though my life so much to be grateful for and still get stressed out you know being in front of so many people having to maintain an image or have so many people reaching out all the time and telling me how grateful they am for me helping them move better i helped them during covid to stay in shape they were stuck at home yeah coming back from an injury and they never thought they were going to be able to lift ever again and they started doing kettlebell training and now they're doing all the things they love able to play with their kids instead of sometimes instead of appreciating that and being grateful for the impact that i have see it as like pressure pressure or i didn't really do that you know imposter syndrome yeah i feel like i'm an imposter like there's no way like you know yeah and so every time i create trying to develop a new program i always feel like i want to keep making an impact on people but sometimes i don't know how i did it right you know but what works works well from my experience i've trained with the best i've learned from the best and it's just sometimes you don't have that confidence that's okay well, I think it's beautiful what it sounds like to me is just that like you are an evolving human. Yeah. And so your brand is inevitably going to evolve mm-hmm. as you do. Yeah. And giving yourself the space to be that person, <laughs> to be imperfect and to yeah. be like, you know what? No, now it's time for me to go ahead and start to like address some of these other things. And Because guess what? You're still that stud athlete doing those rad things. Like you're yeah. still that person who's just being a little bit more vulnerable now about the reality that you're not perfect yeah and like what a gift to you and to the people consuming it because i mean it's just it's powerful my other question is what happened and what i mean by what happened is what made you decide that you want to start to be more open about these things i I feel i feel abundant gratitude for the fact that you want to come on this platform and do it in this way but like what happened to make you say you know what? I'm ready to open up about some stuff. Uh, It's just the stress has been insurmountable recently. Okay. Like the last couple of years have been like the imposter syndrome. I feel like it's gotten worse because even before that, I felt like I was stuck in a box. Oh, you're the kettlebell guy. Yeah. All you do is kettlebells, right? And I'll get people emailing me all the time. Oh, you use kettlebells, right? To get in the good shape that you're in. Like, Uh no. Yeah. I spent years training without kettlebells. I trained in martial arts. I did barbell training. I did bodybuilding training to start out. That's sure. how I developed my frame that I have now. Yeah. You know, and then it's hard. 
to explain that to people. I would literally have to post about that every single day to reach the whole audience that I have. Let them know, like, hey, this is not all that I do, but it's what sells. So I'm trying to do a better job of telling people, like, hey, I use kettlebells with my clients yeah. to start them out and build a strong foundation. But after two to four weeks, once I feel they're ready, they start picking up some real weight using barbells so they can reach some max loading and actually make some strength gains that are going to help them put on muscle, which is going to keep their joints healthy, their bones healthy, yeah. and their whole body healthy because they're strong. Like nobody ever got mad for or got like strong. Being strong is never a bad thing, right? You know, strong is sexy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Strong is beautiful. Yes, it is. What I like to say. So. I love it's that. Like, yeah, being stuck in a box is what has given me a ton of pressure. Be in the box. Yeah. The box made you successful. Exactly. Keep being successful in the box. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have a subscription on my app that includes the actual workouts that I'm doing currently. Yeah, like I love a that. strength program, hypertrophy program where I have a full gym version, which is the one that I do because I have access to a full gym. So I'll use kettlebells in combination with barbells. And everything that's available. All the different equipment. Yeah, yeah. all the different equipment. Because you got to use everything you have if you have access to it. Yeah. But I also have, for every single one of those workouts, I have a kettlebell and bands version, which is just as good, but not really. I mean, it's it'll get you gains, get mm -hmm. you results, mm -hmm. but obviously not as much if you're well, I think maximally one of the, loading. One of the things, too, is like, I mean, like when you have access to a full gym, is it's just, it's like more diversity in your training, which yeah. is like you're more likely to continue to do it if you don't get bored right yeah and so yeah and i relate to that just i mean mind you you've been doing this brand thing much longer and i didn't even start to create content until this year so i'm very new here yeah. but it's been so fun it's been such a cool thing about moving to austin too is like you know there's so much diversity within the ecosystem of fitness here and so i've loved the fact that i get to go and like be this like i'm known as a crossfitter you know is my background and like don't get me wrong i love training crossfit i train crossfit multiple days a week because I freaking love it. The training methodology is beautiful and effective when done safely and correctly. Mm -hmm. I love CrossFit. But <laughs> Say it louder for the I people in the back. <laughs> it. But it's been so cool because I get to go to these different facilities and do different things and like, you know, do entire workouts that are mobility, do entire workouts that are just like your kettlebell and body weight stuff. Like all of that is just in like supplementing training and not having to be in a box and just being like, no, I'm not like screw, literally in screw box. your box like <laughs> i can because, crossfit box <laughs> because movement is medicine and motion is lotion and it doesn't That's have right. to be one way i love functional bodybuilding i love all of it i, I like going on walks y'all sleep on walks just go on a damn walk so you know <laughs> then it i don't know i just i think it's cool that you're branching out and expanding your brand and i think i think it's going to resonate with a lot of people yeah, I'm just trying to be as authentic as I can. I've been doing that for years, though. Like, every time yeah. people would break past that that paywall, mm -hmm. you know, when they would look at my website, you would see it's not just kettlebells. Mm -hmm. There's a whole barbell program. Like, if you really want to get results, like you're going to have to level up. And mm -hmm. I teach people how to do that. Mm -hmm. Just like I, how I teach them how to use the kettlebell in the first place. Like, I sell a course that's basically a weekend certification, 20-hour certification condensed into these videos that I created and honestly, that's been one of my most popular products mm. because it's basically like a foundational program that helps people learn all the fundamentals of how to hinge, how to squat, yeah. how to rotate, right. you know? And so I need to start doing not only more stuff like that again, but expanding and showing, like I put that stuff behind the paywall because 
it's not sexy. People see that everywhere, you know? So I have to get comfortable with showing people. I mean, I, I do that like in my social media, like stories and stuff. I show my actual training. Yeah. But a lot of people only go by what they see on the feed. Yeah. And a lot of that stuff is just like fun workouts that kind of gets people's attention. Sure. The foundational stuff, like you said, is absolutely essential. Learning mm -hmm. how to move safely and well from the get-go is essential. And I love today, like I, I usually finish workouts with like what I like to call successories. And they ain't sexy. Ain't nothing sexy about me doing some yeah, successories. 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 <laughs> yeah, because it's like accessory work is like what it's commonly known as. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm going to do my accessory work like if I'm going to do some. Yeah, so like I'm like, these are successories. Because me doing this thing for my shoulder health with this two and a half pound plate where I'm just doing these rotations, ain't nothing sexy about this. But like it's keeping me mobile. It's keeping it stable. It's keeping like all of that tissue in there like staying healthy so that I can keep doing these movements. So I call it successories. Oh, yeah, you said that the other day, and I wanted to correct you because oh. I thought you said it wrong? didn't know what you were saying. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, okay, so. Oh, thank you for, for explaining that. <laughs> I wonder how many people think that. I'm going to keep calling you it You explain that every single yeah, time. Um, okay, well, now y'all know. So from there, I appreciate you touching on that. I want to ask you before I go into some questions I like to ask towards the end. But Oh, like, just one more thing. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is it, What else do you want to tackle? What do you, um, what do you want so to like the eating disorder thing, like. I struggled with like binging and purging later, like when I was like 19 and later. But I think there's many forms of eating disorders. Like I think I had an eating disorder since when my brother and sister told me I was fat and I needed to start losing weight. And yeah, I was eating chicken and broccoli and oatmeal old. every day yeah. and not enjoying my favorite foods. Right. There's a term for that, right? Yeah. I mean, there's different ones. It's definitely like orthorexia would be like a term where you yeah. only eat certain foods. And the idea of even having another food in your mouth that yeah. you don't deem as healthy is like you so can't bad. tolerate it. That was a it. huge like eating disorder early yeah. on for me. Yeah. You know, and, and at I that time, you didn't going... even know. Like yeah. you didn't even know that's what was, was going discipline. on. Discipline. Yep. You know, which I am really good at. Like, I can do whatever I put my mind to. Yes. And we just, it just created a really unhealthy relationship with food. It's like a lot of people still think that's normal to restrict yourself, to mm -hmm. count every single calorie or like wear your wearable or your Apple Watch and try to outrun or out calorie burn the amount of food that you're eating every day. Like, I used to have an Apple Watch. And I used to do that. I don't do that anymore. Yeah. You I got, got really I like, I, I forgot it on a trip one day and I was like, thank God. I don't want another one because seeing the numbers, seeing text messages even coming through oh, all day. Mine's always on do not disturb. Good. I don't, good. It's always on do not I'm disturb. I'm not that mentally strong. I want to see every single thing oh, no. in my way. I have all of, and on my phone, notifications <laughs> off. No. I know. I can never reach you. My phone's always on <laughs> do not disturb. <laughs> so it is a huge distraction and yeah. having those boundaries so that you can't, I mean, anyway. But, but so then what does... So then that, that was all these like struggle. You did deal with orthorexia. You did deal with binge eating. Yeah. You did deal with bulimia. So then what does your relationship with food look like today then? Today, I realized that I'm an athlete. I'm active all day and I like working out hard. I like riding with my mom in the evenings. You yeah, know, I just got her a bike recently and trying to get her in shape and keep her healthy so it's like i'm doing all these activities throughout the day like i need to fuel my body absolutely you know and i need to do and even if you're not an athlete doing tons of exercise if you are moving your body throughout the day you need to consume food you need to consume food for the rest of your life <laughs> yeah like what is it you said earlier healthy gut healthy life or healthy something who knows what i healthy said healthy gut healthy wife no. <laughs> 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 who knows i do love to remind people that like yeah food is one of the things because that's one of the things yeah. that we struggle with and it's like 
that's the addiction that you can't ever eliminate yeah. ever. Like you have to find a way to peacefully coexist with yeah, food. Yeah. Cause food is delicious and it Absolutely. brings people together. Absolutely. So like I would, I remember I would avoid going to like social birthday, events, like social events, mm -hmm. but like family parties where it's like the most delicious Mexican food of all time. Mm -hmm. My grandma was cooking. She was making her homemade tortillas and gorditas. And I missed out on a lot of that for a lot of years because didn't want to eat something that wasn't on my diet plan Gosh. or what was I told was going to get me jacked. When you can have, you can eat whatever you want, you know, just got to balance it out yes. with some more nutrient dense foods mm. and you can still dabble a little bit. You know, it's like the 80, 20% rule or 90, 10, whatever you want to do, you know, mm -hmm. like make sure the majority of your food is, you know, as locally sourced, organic as you can get it. And whatever you have access to that's not as processed, you know, that's going to help Absolutely. you get some nutrients into your body. You can supplement too and, you know, make sure the majority of your food is the good stuff, but you can still afford to eat a little bad stuff here and there. Right. Especially if you're active, you're moving, like, it's going to kill you. No. And that's what I, how, what I do now. I have a pretty flexible diet. Yeah. You know, I, I enjoy, I mean, I like to cook now. Yeah. Now that I have like a healthier relationship with food i love to grill i love to you know home cook all my meals when before i hated cooking i would throw the chicken breast on the foreman yeah. grill eat some dry ass chicken every night yeah because it, it was, was just terrible yeah so right. i hate i thought i was a terrible cook i thought i would like i thought home cooking was nasty yeah you know and now it's like you've no. learned I make seasonings are incredible <laughs> yeah i learned that i can make the best steak in the world I'm about to find out. <laughs> so your diet, you keep foods in the household that are like less processed most of the time. Yeah, and you I still, just bring, try I still to... buy snacks to make sure they're like less processed, more mm. organic ingredients. Yeah. Okay. And so it's flexible. Yeah. And you get to enjoy it and you get to go to the social events yeah. and do the things. We, we ate those subs the other day. Yeah. That was, that was a world. challenge for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which was such a good one, but it was definitely had dairy and everything and me and dairy. That's when I, I realized you were really cool because <laughs> I knew you were, you were having a tough time with it. Sorry I put you on the spot, but... <laughs> but I did, it. did I, it. I did it exactly like you ordered well, you it, and didn't I just order cheese. ate it. You didn't have no cheese. Wait, no, I think, well, we let there be some sort of dairy some on aioli. there. No, there was something. No, we're I don't going know, back. Were... We're going back. Okay. We're going back. Listen, the thing is, we <laughs> ate subs for lunch, and I was like eating a sub from this whatever with all these different processed meats. Like, I'm going to be just fine. And guess what? I am still the same athlete. I am still doing just as well. I don't eat that sub every day. I enjoyed the sub, and I moved along with my life. Anything else that you want to touch on before I head into these questions? Yeah, I mean, recently I've been struggling with uh... – just a lot of stress in my life, you know, just went through like a, a breakup early in the year. And after that, I felt like I started kind of going a little too hard on the things. I kind of use that as an excuse and the pressures of work and being a social media presence. Mm -hmm. Like I started partying more, going out every weekend, getting super drunk with my friends and doing illegal substances. And it kind of just like got pretty bad. I kind of got it under control a little bit. After the summer, you know, I stopped drinking as much. I was on vacation in Europe. And, you know, after that, I was like, okay, I'm going to slow down a little bit. Like, I had fun in Europe. Yeah. Let me try to slow down. But it only just, like, it just kind of, it kept repeating, you know, like, every few weeks, every couple weeks. I would, like, fall off the rails, go out again, go drink with my friends. And just, like, 
miss opportunities that, you know, I was really excited to do. And like, for example, the first time I was going to collaborate with you, I was super excited. We had been like texting for weeks. I was excited to teach you some new moves. Yeah. You know, you saw me doing those Hertz bands. Yeah. And like, I get super stoked on teaching people still, you know, but yes, you do. I would get stressed and party on the weekends. And then I remember I canceled on you because I was super hungover. I uh -huh. felt so bad. And I remember when we finally hung out later in that week, I met you and you came in to that session and you were brushing it. Like everything that I threw at you, you didn't complain. You were eager to learn and I was throwing everything at you and you were, it was super inspiring for me to see that because that's how I used to be. I used to be, take it all, just roll with the punches, don't complain, learn as I, you know, get put through the ringer. And so that inspired me. And right away, I realized like, man, this chick is awesome. I want to learn more from her. You know, even though I'm teaching her some stuff, I bet she's got a lot to teach me. So that's why I was stoked to go to lunch right after that session. And then you opened up to me about your substance abuse problems and your alcoholism. Mm -hmm. And so just super grateful that, you know, you shared all these resources with me and have allowed me to find a new community to, you know, start finding a different way to recover from this stress and these like negative behaviors and patterns that haven't served me and helped me, you know, realize that it's okay to not be in control, but, you know, we have to find, you know, a different community. Right. And well, taking a look at your surroundings and just like, I can't express to you enough how much like, I mean, we've talked about this, so I know this, but you to say that here is also just very impactful. Thank you. I got to be that girl that got to show up and not complain because I was taught to be her by other people. So I learned that because I sought out a community because I reached a point of desperation with my own experiences with alcoholism and substance abuse and other stuff to where I just was like, I got to find answers and somebody else, you know, I just, and so getting involved in a, in a recovery program and getting a community there that could support me. One of the things that I had to grieve the loss of so many relationships with people that were just toxic. And that was hard. It was hard work, but it was mm -hmm. worth it. So thank you. It's so cool because going and having lunch and opening up about that. I'm so open about it now because it's just, I just don't, I don't have shame about it anymore. Whereas it was very shameful when I was actively in it, you know, but like, I had no idea that was going to give us the gift of the connection that we get to have. I had no idea or that it was going to impact you in any way. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> and so that's, what's like so cool about this, like being able to be human and show up yeah. as you are is like all of a sudden now, like, you know, we're here now. And I guess since you did touch on that, just like any sort of tools, resources that you feel that you're using today that are really helping you navigate life. Cause you're thriving right now. I mean, like you're in a yeah. groove, like you're, I mean, you're I'm making, so happy. Yeah. I'm collaborating with all my favorite friends and athletes, even people that I like had beef with, like mm -hmm. that I thought were in the past weird to me. So I didn't want to train with them. But then now that I don't think that way, I think more positive. I allow people into my life. I give them a chance before, or I give them a second chance, Yeah, you know, instead of just blowing them off because you know, a lot of the times I feel like people are trying to use me. But you, know, you got to give people the benefit of the doubt. And I've only been able to do that since having a new way of looking at things, which has come through the recovery program that I've been going through, going to church, kind of trying to reevaluate my faith and the way I look at the higher power that I believe in. 
you know, being able to realize that I just got to be grateful for everything that I have, and all the positive things that I've been able to do, the people that I've been able to help and impact. Like, I want to keep doing that. And I yeah. won't be able to do that if I keep doubting myself and going to substances to decompress and help me kind of block out those negative thoughts. Like you were saying earlier, like, cause you don't just block out the negative, you block out the good too. And mm -hmm. that's what was happening to me. I became ungrateful for the people that I was helping, you know, and I had so many family members that were all the way across the world and living in France or in Germany who were doing my video workout programs, getting in shape. They were showing their friends. Like I have fans and friends that are doing my workouts all over the world. I was in Paris and all these places, people would stop me in the middle of the street, say, hey, man. Not just say that they recognize me and that they like my Instagram, but that I changed their life yeah. and I helped them get healthy. And I was just like, like looking back on that at the time, I was pretty grateful for it. But now I'm like, dude, like that's what I live for yeah. is helping people because when people help me see a positive change in my life, I'm so grateful for those, those people that's, you know, like you, somebody came into my life, showed me so much, gave me so much support gave me that space to be able to open up and i'm excited to keep sharing with the world and hopefully we can help people together and yeah. hopefully yeah. this podcast reaches people and they learn a little bit something about I the struggles they, that we all have yeah i think they definitely will i think that it just bleeds through that you just have this desperation to help other people which is like such a gift and sometimes it's heavy and hard but like, what a gift that like, you are just really, truly desperate to just help people. Yeah. I'm excited to see. I mean, you've already had such massive impacts, but I feel like, look out, like you have so much left to learn and give because that's one cool thing about you is you learn something and you give it away. Yeah. That's you the best way to ingrain it. Yeah. It's like, it's partially it. for them, but it's also selfish. It makes it the only way to get good at something is to not just, is to teach it. You know, if you teach it, it like cements it into your mind mm -hmm. and then you learn a different way of looking at it depending on the client or the experience that you're going through practicing this new practice gives you a different perspective because that coach that taught you that or that mentor who taught you this method probably didn't see it the way you're seeing it now. So then you add to that pot of information, your experience. So it's just like a non-ending positive loop of information yeah. that's great for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. When I love, I think about like, you know, people that are viewed as experts in fields. And it's so funny because like, if you've talked to them often, it's like, they just simply were like wildly curious. Yeah. Like whatever people view you as an expert in, it all stemmed from your just like, just absolute like sensational hunger to learn about that thing. And so now you've been hungry to learn about it. You learned a lot about it. You shared what you learned just because you just felt like they were tools you picked up that helped you. And now you're viewed as this expert on it, which is like such a cool trajectory. So I'm excited <laughs> to see what you get viewed on. Like you've already been viewed as an expert on this and this and this, you know, the, the workout programs and things like that. Like, I can't wait to see what five years from now, 10 years from now, Eric is known for being an expert at just because of your curiosity to learn and grow. It's beautiful. So thank you and keep it up. <laughs> Let's go. You keep it up too. Deal. Okay. So I want to know what are three things that you are grateful for today? Just three? Just three. Okay. Three things. First of all, I'm grateful for all the people that have helped me get to where I'm at today. All my mentors, 
John Wolf, Shane Hines, my brother, Aubrey, Joe Rogan, even all the people that supported me and taught me so much. Like, you know, they say we're standing on the shoulders of giants, right? Like those are my giants, the people who taught me all these methods and they taught me so much. I'm so grateful for them. Mm -hmm. And I still have them in my life. They're still there. And now they ask me for advice too. It's amazing. It's a beautiful relationship when we're all helping each other. And so I'm grateful for them to help me get to a level to where I can support them too. And I'm also grateful for number two, my community around me right now. My friends, AJ, Georgie, Slush Ropes, her name's Bea. Probably doesn't want me to say that. Oh, I love it. Her name's Bea. (laughs) (laughs) Or Bella. That's a beautiful name. I like Bea, a Spanish way of saying it. She's a beautiful person inside and outside. And you, you guys have all showed me so much love and you guys have that space for me to open up and be myself. And, you know, you guys are super great with positive affirmations and it really pumps me up and mm-hmm. helps me realize like I am who I set out to be. So stop doubting myself. It's, it's been a super amazing process to realize that again. You know, I used to feel that way back in the day before I got started, you know, I felt confident and as I got more success, you know, you just feel like, why am I getting the success and the other person's not? Mm. They're working just as hard as me, you know? So it's just like, you got to be grateful for that, you know? So I'm grateful for that community. You guys, yeah. thank you so much. Yeah. And third, foremost, my mother. Oh, yeah. I was <laughs> hoping you'd say it. <laughs> so grateful for her. She's still around, you know, when I, I would have my struggles with substances she would help me recover by showing up randomly at the house, making sure I'm not doing anything bad. Yeah. And now I'm just trying to return the favor and help her stay healthy. You know, we go on evening bike rides so that she can fight her pre-diabetes. Just runs in the family, you know, we eat. We like to eat as Mexicans, tortillas, you know, a bunch of sugary carbs, you know, simple carbs that contribute to a whole lot of great health. So just trying to help her get healthy and She's always supported me and my family. She's always there for us. So I'm grateful to have her around still. And so I'm going to spend as much time as I can with her. Call her every day. Call your mamas every day. Call your mama. Yeah. Yes. And yeah, I mean, and also I do that, you know, I hang out with her as often as I can, not just because I want her to be healthy because she helps me stay healthy. I have to show up as my best self. I'm going to hang out with her. Yeah. I can't be smoking weed, getting high showing up like an idiot uh, be the man that i want her to be proud of yeah so that's beautiful grateful for her i like how you say that she contributes to your health that definitely reminds me of like my relationship with my parents i talk about like i'm crazy one thing i love that they do for me is just they bring me back down because i'll get real out there I'm such a hard worker. I'm so driven, yada, yada, (laughs) whatever, that I'll just like get real far out. And my parents are just like, they're satisfied with less than I am, right? They just help me appreciate the small moments and the small things in life. And there have been times in life where I've really struggled to appreciate things. Mm -hmm. And so I like love that about my relationship with my parents is that I like family. It's simple, not the things yeah. So anyway, I just, I love that you oh, see that. and appreciate that. Okay. So three things that I am grateful for is just within Austin, I feel like I'm getting to experience more and more diversity and inclusivity. And I like love that. And so 
whether it's, you know, just, I mean, it's sex, race, gender identity, whatever, like all these different things. Like I just love the diversity that exists in this ecosystem and being new here. It's still like, just always like, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is such a, like, I feel very grateful for that, that I get to be in an ecosystem today where there just is so much diversity. And also we're just allowed to be diverse, Mm -hmm. you know, not only in how we identify sexually or anything like that, but just like in my perception of my spirituality and yours doesn't have to be the same. And I'll give you space to do that. And like, you'll give me space to do that. Or with my training Mm -hmm. methodology is not identical to yours and that's okay. Like, I love that about, I feel like I experience that all the time here and that's just so beautiful. And so then from there would be the next thing I'm grateful for is meaningful connections that have occurred through the internet. You know, when I set out, it's so crazy because when I set out to create content, I did it because a brand asked me to, and I was just having a good time, not thinking about it. And so now to like get to have real impact, like that's something you've been experiencing for a while and it's still new to me. And it just hits different when it's like somehow this platform that I've intentionally cultivated and I'm mindful of the energy that I'm consuming on it and that I'm putting out on it as a result has created this beautiful space where somebody feels comfortable enough to send me a direct message and get pretty open about some stuff. And like, that is so cup filling. If you are someone listening right now that has sent me one of those, I cannot thank you more for what you do for me. And I hope to continue to support you however I can. So real quick. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so happy for you that you're at mentally such a great place emotionally, mentally to be able to see that for what it really is, which is pure positivity that you're making an impact on people. Cause I wasn't there for the longest time. Yeah. I used to get messages like that. Yeah. And I, it would just like give me anxiety. Yes. Because you, know? you were dealing with imposter syndrome. You also got a personal brand when you were so young. Like I say all the time that like, if I had been given this opportunity, I'm 30 now. I didn't start to grow a brand until I was almost 30. So I had undergone a lot of trauma and self-induced trauma. And so like, had I had to walk through those chapters of life, including my rampant alcoholism and just all sorts of whatever, had I had to publicly walk through that, who knows how I would have handled that pressure. I hope you give yourself space to know that there have been moments where you haven't appreciated it, but that's okay. You get the opportunity to appreciate it today and understand that like you were growing and learning and you started young. I can't imagine what that pressure felt like and how you were like, I don't even think I belong here. You know, like if I had been given that pressure at 25, whew, <laughs> I mean, I just wasn't the person that had the capacity to deal with it. So yeah, but you do now. And I'm excited to see how you take all that fuel, all that positive energy yeah. and continue to make an even bigger impact. So I'm super stoked for you. Tsunamis. For the both of us. Yes. Like you said, like. Mentally, right now, I feel like I'm on top of the world. And there'll be other ups and downs, but I'm confident that I already know that. I've been through that. And I have the tools now to navigate that and still appreciate where I'm at and keep trucking, keep rolling with the punches. Because that's what I've always done. I got to stop being so, stop having self-doubt. Nobody's perfect. Keep making an impact the best way we know how. So let's go. With all that beautiful imperfection. Because it is (laughs) beautiful. Okay, my third thing is the opportunity to create this app that I'm creating. Like, I'm so excited. Like, I'm currently actively working on a platform, which you guys will get more information about later. I'm going to get the opportunity to, like, give you nutrition coaching and movement coaching and mindset coaching 
through my own personal app. So we'll get more details on later, but like, I'm so excited about that. Like Hell never yeah. did I think that that was going to be something I was going to ever have the opportunity to do, want to do the, be the person to do it, whatever. But here we freaking are and let's go. So I'm excited. You're going to crush it. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. So where can they find you? The people consuming. Thank you for your time. Mm. Where can they find you? Where can they support you? You can find me on Instagram to see, you know, all the latest stuff at primal.swolger. You just look up Eric Leha. If you want to check out my site, my app, uh, you go to ericleha.com. And my app is Primal Fit app on the iOS and Android stores. If you want. Yeah. yeah. He but, posts so much good content. So if yeah, you hit guys, me up on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Slide into those DMs. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how do you say uh, trip and fall <laughs> we're not gonna talk about that <laughs> all right guys all of that will be in the show notes as well so if you're looking to find him and support him please do like he posts so many workouts on like he hands out so much free valuable content as well so yes there's that paywall there is all of that additional content that is like well worth consuming and getting a membership and all of that but he just is putting out a lot for you guys. So make sure you go follow and support him. And then if you feel like you got value out of this show, what I would appreciate so much for you is if you would follow it wherever you're consuming it, if you would rate and review and share it with somebody that you think it is going to positively impact. Other than that, I just want to loop back and say, Eric, thank you for being the person that you are, for choosing to take up this space in this way. I cannot wait to see the support that you get from it. It's a big deal that you're doing this. And it's a big favor to me to do this on this platform. So thank you. And then to anyone listening, thank you for your time. And do you have any final words from you? It's okay if no. Yeah. I'm grateful for you. Thank you for having me on here. <laughs> of course. I'm a broken record when it comes to this. I'll tell you, I'll tell you every day. Yeah. You yeah. really had a positive impact in my life. So if you guys... Keep listening to this podcast. You've got a lot more information coming your way. So many tools to help you guys get better in all areas of life. And yeah, just thankful. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. We've got some exciting upcoming episodes too. So, okay, that's it. That's a wrap. I hope that you have a beautiful day.